Shalom everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Upper Room. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back and it's even more of a pleasure to be joined by a very special guest, um, a veteran in this uh, in this walk. Uh, what more can I say about the tartan bulldozer that is <laughs> Kenny Russell? Thank you for joining us. It is so good to be with you. It's a blessing to be in your town here and to be doing ministry. It's just awesome. Hallelujah. Now, I think we're going to have a fair amount of our viewers who are going to be familiar with your work. Um, as I mentioned, you've been doing this for, for quite a long time now. Um, but for those who may not be familiar with yourself and your ministry, if you could be so kind just to give us an overview about um, what you're all about, where you, uh, where you started and where the Lord's brought you today. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> where do you start? Goodness <laughs> me, there's so much. Anyway, look, I'll start with the foundation. You know, my heart is to be involved in outreach, uh, to share the gospel with people. I started ministering on the, you know, the steps of the school and on the streets from 11 years old. I was supernaturally transformed by the living God. He is awesome. And, uh, you know, I went through a season where the church didn't know what to do with me. Uh, the world didn't know what to do with me. And I was looking for the example, where are the people that actually live this life? Where are the people who are walking in the spirit and, um, you know, that led to, uh, to, to me just devoting my life to uh, ministering the gospel and sharing the love of Yeshua everywhere that I went. But in 1998, you know, after many years of evangelism and street ministry, you know, not just in the UK, but other countries as well, I realized that I went through literally, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of tracks, uh, giving out things to people on the street. And I was looking for something that was going to be powerful that made an impact and you know one of the best tracks I had was one called You Matter nice. <laughs> and you know I was it was pretty good and but but then I started to realize the more I was using it um, you know I started to see people throwing things on the floor and, and things as we're walking around and, and sharing the gospel and I went into prayer and fasting in 1998 and I says you know father I don't want something that's written from the perspective of a believer. I want something that is written that speaks directly to the heart of the lost. Mm -hmm. And I prayed and fasted and I pressed in. And I just, you know, I said, I know there's something. There's a way to communicate. There's a higher way that, uh, that you want to relate to the brokenhearted. And um, as I pressed in on that, I was driving down the road one day, you know, from, uh, you know, uh, England down to M50 to Wales. And as I'm driving down, I was getting about, you know, five, ten minutes from the house. And all of a sudden, it was an audible voice spoke to me. And it was, got to get a life from worthless to priceless. And it was just downloaded uh, to me. It was supernatural. It was incredible. And, you know, I just felt like I, I just went into a different realm. Um, and, you know, this all happened just a few minutes before I arrived at my home. And when I got home, I said to my wife, look, I'll talk to you in a minute. I have to go to the office. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked in the office and I got a, a pencil. That's all I could find, you know, like in those first few seconds. And I started writing out everything that I heard. It was like burnt in my spirit. I wrote the whole thing out. Uh, from worthless to priceless, got to get a life. And when I read it, I thought, God, that, that sounds a little depressing. <laughs> and uh, I realized, you know, it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't written from my perspective. It was the Father's heart to the broken. So I printed, you know, uh, tens of thousands of copies, and probably, I don't know, maybe we did over 100,000 copies of it. 
And I started to use it, and I had a little P.O. box uh, cut-off section and a, a free post thing on it. And the response to that was incredible. And that was the time where the name of our ministry came from, uh, which is Got Life Ministries um, International. And, you know, we saw such a powerful, fruitful, uh, you know, transformation in people's hearts as they took that uh, tract and, and, and went through it. And, you know, we used that for quite a while, and I gave it out to a lot of people who love to do evangelism, and they would come back and say, we've never seen anything like this. They would hand it to someone on a bus, and before they got to the destination like Cardiff or wherever they're going, people were weeping. They were, they were being transformed. The Holy Spirit was moving. We had a lot of feedback coming back from it, and it was a blessing. And, you know, we minister in different countries as well. I was in America and one day the Holy Spirit said, I want you to put this to audio and just release it over the radio and things. And, you know, just on our website, 1.5 million downloads, just boom, you know, wow. in such a short space of time. And, you know, it was incredible. So our ministry's got a life ministries uh, back in, um, try to think what year, probably like 2006, 2007. I was taken in the spirit and the Holy Spirit showed me uh, literally hundreds of thousands of people in these stadium events uh, being supernaturally transformed. It was Genesis to Revelation, this is your God. Wow. And no one was preaching. It wasn't like, stand up, here's a gospel message. But it was big screens, it was acting, it, it was music, it was a presentation of Genesis to Revelation. It was painting the picture of uh, Scripture for people and when I saw the people were repenting, and tens of thousands of people repenting, transformation was happening. I could hear the Holy Spirit saying they're being delivered from the spirit of religion. Wow. And it was, it was amazing. And outside of these big events and stadiums and uh, coliseums uh, was huge boulders. And on those boulders were bulldozers. <laughs> right, okay, and, yeah, yeah. And this I, makes a bit more sense. Go and, on. and, you know, obviously everyone knows there's this bulldozer faith. And on the, the, the blade of the bulldozer, it had bulldozer faith, living life in the spirit. And, um, you know, I thought, man, that's just incredible because it's not bulldozer faith as in I'm coming to bulldoze you down mm. with the faith that's in me. That's not what it's about. It's mm -hmm. bulldozer faith. You can't build your life in Messiah on the foundation of the past, the old man. You mm. have to bulldoze the old man. We are a new creation. The old has gone and behold, all things are new. Hallelujah. So this is what bulldozer faith is all about. And, and yes, we, you know, we, we operate with the boldness of the spirit, with the authority of the spirit, but we also have that compassion, that love. You know, we're not there just to blast people out in such a way that they just like hate you know, the street evangelism or the outreach things that we do. So that's where uh, those two elements, God of Life, was birthed. And, you know, when I was in uh, Texas just uh, before COVID, I was, um, you know, every city I go to, I go out in the streets. It doesn't matter where I'm preaching, what I'm doing. I go out in the streets and I demonstrate that their communities are ripe unto harvest. Mm. It, you know, this is time to be winning souls. 
This is time to go out and, 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 and share the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. If we've been supernaturally changed, how do we communicate? So it doesn't matter if I'm in a hotel or, or where I am or, or I'm just stopping, you know, for filling up with fuel or whatever. I just take moments. I take times. And I say, Holy Spirit, what is the key? How do I communicate in this town? And it's different at every place, but every city I go to, every town I go to, every place I go to, I demonstrate before I speak in that area how ripe that community is unto harvest. And, and the reason I do it, not to say, oh, look at me, this is awesome, it's evangelism, is to say, listen, there's broken people in your community. There's people right around you, your neighbors, those that are around you. And if we will just get our attention Mm. Uh, to the place of the great commission of what Yeshua said. He said, I'm, I'm going to send you out to make disciples of all nations. You know, we have received this free gift of salvation, and the Father wants us to go out and minister to the broken within the community. So basically what I do is I, I go out and I demonstrate in communities what's happening, and then at times, you know, when we're in different places, we'll take groups out. We did a thing called Livingstone Torah Outreach, right. where I'd take 40 people out for a weekend. And we'd go out for a weekend, and our goal is to minister to 1,500 people just over that weekend. And there's no script. There's no, you know, it's it's not just going around to everyone. It's It's praying, laying the foundation of prayer, and walking in the Spirit, and asking the Holy Spirit, for divine appointments, who do you need me to speak to? So that that's sort of the the the, the lead up of who we are as a ministry. Yes, we're broadcasters. We, we've done all of that. Uh, you know, we're a traveling ministry. You know, we, we have had a fellowship from time to time. Um, but God of Life, the purpose of God of Life is God restoration. How do we bring restoration to the body? Of Messiah, amazing. So you've got a, uh, a almost like a double-barreled uh, assault there. So you you, you can concerning yourself with with the body, but also you're going out there to, to reach those that, that that need the gospel. Um, one key word that you've 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 struck on like straight away boldness. Yeah. Um, on your travels and, and seeing uh, the different uh, parts of the body, as it were. Um, is there a lack of boldness? Is there is there more to come? Is there something that we're 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 lacking as disciples? Where um, we need to to step out in that faith, to step out in that boldness? Is that something that you've well, come accustomed to? Yeah, that's awesome what you're saying there because this is this is very key. What is it that prevents people from doing outreach? What is it that prevents people from being effective? Right. Like many people I speak to, they they go out and they get this speak to the hand. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so was the was the opening was the things that we said uh, you know did they have an effect in a negative way towards the people we were speaking to um, you know how do we have that boldness I think I think the foundation for boldness in Yeshua comes from receiving the word in the presence of Yehovah. So just picture Gideon, for example. Right. You know, he's just, he's making bread. He's in a wine press. He's in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing, right? But, you know, you've got all the Midianites and they're, they're all coming. They're, every time the harvest comes, they come in, raid the place, steal everything. And they're just in this, uh, this place of, man, how do we survive? 
How do we just get through the next moment? And there he is making that bread. You know, obviously he's a man of solution. He's trying to work it out. He's trying to do his part so that his family can uh, survive, his nation can survive. And then here comes the angel of the Lord, you know, which we know is Yeshua. And he comes and he says, you mighty man of valor, you mighty man of war. Now, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to every single one of us. Amen. He wants us to hear words from heaven. He wants us to hear what Yeshua is saying to us. And what is the foundation of boldness? It's receiving that word. Now, how did Gideon respond to that word? He didn't go, oh, man, that's awesome. You know, look, if he was alive today and, and you know, the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and he was just sort of doing a little thing and said that to me, he'd be like, man, where's your GPS? Man, you got it all wrong. You must have been coming way too fast from heaven. You've landed in the wrong place. You have no idea who you're talking to. I'm the least of the least, man. You can't get any more least than this leaster, you know. That's, that's about how he would respond, you know. Yeah. But the word of the Lord, Yehovah. That's the word that creates the boldness within our lives. So, you know, you can hear the word, but the question is, do you believe the word? So, you know, it took Gideon a little bit of time to believe the word. He heard the word, and he's like, hmm. You know, and he, he had to meditate on that. He had to really build things up before you start to see the boldness in action. So what we need to be is a people that know how to press in to receive the word from heaven because listen you can have the general word and that's great you know oh we're all called to do this we're all called to do that and it's just sort of you know that's great it's the foundation it's the gospel it's it's just how the scripture is written but the question is who are you Mm. who are you and when you understand your identity yes we are israel we understand that but you know we're set apart for something you are born for such a time as this amen so what are we born for? And when we discover that word, you know, I used to run about the Bible trying to work out, uh, you know, where's my word? You know, John the Baptist, Johannan ben Zachariah, you know, he's like, I'm the one called in the wilderness. I'm like, where's my word? Oh, I've got to get my word, you know. And, you know, we should search the scripture to identify who does Yeshua say we are. And when we receive that understanding of who we are, we can operate with boldness. And, you know, it's not just about a one-off event or a one-off moment. Right. Every time we go out on the streets, we create that space. And it's the space to hear what is the Spirit saying. You know, I, I don't want to go through the motion just because I know the gospel, just because I have information and understanding of the Bible. But what does the Ruach HaKodesh, what's the Spirit saying specifically to this person? And, you know, it doesn't mean that we're just flowing in prophecy all the time. Right. You know, it, it might just be simple words, but we need the discernment of the Spirit. And then when we release that, you know, I see on the streets many times just people weeping. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a guy today, he's just like, wow. I just He just was blown away with uh, what I said in, in prayer. And, you know, because the Holy Spirit just started to reveal things that no one would know, and you know. Which I, I find fascinating because uh, it, it evokes, um, for me, when Paul says to be all things to all men. Now, for me, that uh, in my flesh, that's like, well, I'm adaptable as a character. I can see if he's a middle-class businessman or X, Y, and Z. Like, that's all well and good, but when you're saying, right, I'm getting plumb line words and knowledge that is absolutely going to shatter this person's, like, paradigm, um, that's, that's, that's massive. And um, I think... Uh, 
for, for many of us who, who are uh, new in the faith or, or, or taking those steps in terms of what our calling is, what our identity is, to see that taking place and knowing that that's, um, that's a gift and, and, and an office that we should be and, and could be walking in, uh, it's really encouraging. But we, we touched on this um, a couple of days ago, Kenny, and uh, again, we, 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 can, we can dive in a bit more where I asked you about... Um, you know, hearing from yeah. the Lord, yeah. and uh, your response was very quick, and uh, it was the secret place. Right. So, from a practical point of view, um, how do you get that plumb line word? How do you take that step into to walking in that boldness, walking in that faith? What What does that look like for for yeah. somebody who's well? You know, great question, and and I think you know we we when we look at a lot of um, discipleship training. We think about the knowledge we have. We think about all the things that we want a new believer to discover, what we want a new believer to know, what's going to help them with their foundation uh, of how they're operating. And, you know, there's just so many things to look at in that regard. But one thing the father did to me, you know, from a young age, it wasn't something I was taught, you know. And, and when we do discipleship, I like to say to people, listen, when we are making disciples it's not about your 12 week study of your whatever points of the 12 areas that you think people need to be established in so that they're going to have a good life in the faith no the number one thing that happened to me and it just happened because i went into my closet literally you know i just took the word literal i went in the closet and i said you know what God, I'm not leaving here till I hear from you. And if I die in here, that that's just where I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a child, and that's what that's what I said. And you know, I had my torch and uh, flashlight for those overseas. You know, <laughs> so I'm not burning all the clothes down. And I just sat there, and all of a sudden, I started to hear the voice. I do not want religion. I want relationship. Amen. It says in the word, "My sheep know my voice," and I pressed in. And, you know, we need to know how to meditate on the word. But when we are in the place of prayer, it's not all about what we say. Right. It's also what we hear. Prayer is communication. So it's not just going through the motions of what we are saying and the questions that we're asking. I think many people, when it comes to the place of prayer or the secret place, they spend so much time telling God about all the things that they want all the things they're going through and how are you going to get me out of this one? you know <laughs> you have this whole process but you know many times when we're teaching people in discipleship i say listen come to that place but let's not make it all about me right let's okay. not make it all about you but just come and say you know i'm here you know here I am, send me, use me, was one of my prayers from a child. You know, I thought every believer prayed it. <laughs> Here I am, send me, use me. And, you know, I pressed in. And, you know, how do we hear the voice of God? I, I really believe it's when we come to that place and we allow the space right. for the Spirit to move. You know, what is the Spirit saying? How do we create that space to listen and as we read through the scriptures, you know, sometimes we go through the scriptures and, and we're not really getting much and we're not getting much. And press in, press in. Don't just go, well, you know, look, I gave you 10 minutes, God. <laughs> well, you didn't speak to me in 10 minutes, so that's it. Uh, I'm out here. Press in and say, I want to hear from you. I want to know your word. I want you to uh, minister to me and just reveal your truth to me. And, and then as you start to hear you move into a new dimension 
you know, I, I believe uh, that every believer should understand the importance of prayer and also fasting. Mm. We've got to know the voice of the enemy. We've got to know the voice of the flesh, and we need to know the voice of the spirit. So when you fast and you hear hamburger, you know, <laughs> obviously that's the flesh. That's just me standard, Kenny. Yeah. Like that's the day to day. Yeah, you know, that's the flesh. And when you hear that word, you know, what do you think you're going to get out of this? What you really think this is a good thing to do? Fasting, you know, don't you feel weak? Mm. You know, this is pray. You know, like, what, do you think God's going to give you brownie points because you're fasting? Mm. Or, you know, things are going to go good with you? I'm like, hmm, okay, enemy, I know who you are. Yeah, I know who you are. Well, if you fast, you know, well, well, you, you know you're just trying to make God do things, devil, I know yeah, who you yeah. are. And then we create that space for the Holy Spirit to speak. And, you know, sometimes when we fast, it's not easy. And, and some people go, oh, you know, all the feelings and the things they're going through in a fast. Listen, you are not going to die, <laughs> right? You know, if you're fasting three days and you're one and a half days in and you feel like you're going to blow up and fall on the floor, and <laughs> you are not going to mm. die in one and a half days and three days. You're not going to die. And we need to say to that flesh, we need to say to the body, you know, you need to learn to get in that place. You know, when Yeshua said, you know, this this type of, of thing that he was dealing with when the disciples couldn't cast out the devil. This comes out with prayer, prayer and, and fasting. fasting. And it's, it's learning that example. So I started to hear the voice of the Spirit, um, well, right away. You know, it, it was a moment of salvation. I, I was in this place. This boy was talking about how he'd been healed of leukemia. He was 11 years old. And when he, when he was speaking, it wasn't so much about what he was saying it was the love of God in the room, the tangible presence of God. Then I heard a voice speak to me. And the voice said, um, you know, I can't remember, I'll paraphrase it, but basically it was, it, it was I am real, and you know I'm, a, I'm real. And, you know, he who lies to himself is the greatest fool of all. You're a fool because you know I'm real, but wow. yet you deny me. Wow. And I heard clearly that voice, and, and, you know, I went back to the tent in this holiday camp I was at, you know, Christian holiday camp that I never wanted to go to, and, you know, I'm, I'm lying there 2 o'clock in the morning, and I said, okay, you know, I don't want to be a fool. You know, I've got God telling me I'm a fool. You know, you're the greatest fool of all because you lie to yourself, and this is what we must never do. Don't lie to yourself. Don't fake it till you make mm. it. You know, mm. get in and understand uh, who the Holy Spirit is and what he's saying. So because of that encounter, the very first thing I did when I got home, I went to the closet and I said, I heard you at that moment. So that's the part that I'm never going to lose because it's not religion. Mm -hmm. So you could speak to me there, you can speak to me now. And it clearly says that he will speak to us through the word. Yeah, we can hear that still small voice. I haven't heard the audible voice of of uh, the, the Spirit all the time. You know, it's not something that happens all the time. There might be a few times where that happens. Um, but most of the time, I'm hearing clearly the voice of the Spirit, and I've learned to discern the difference between the voice of the Spirit, the voice of your own conscience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was learning Spanish, that was a, an interesting time to understand the voice of the Spirit. You know, I'm learning Spanish, going through all the stuff, and everyone knows the Holy Spirit's Scottish, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so there that's, that's probably why I don't understand it half the time. That makes sense. Yeah, so there I was learning Spanish, and then one day I heard the Ruach HaKodesh speak to me in, in Spanish. I'm like, oh, no, let's get this. <laughs> you know, no, I want to hear it in Scottish, you know? So he communicates in a way that we understand within our dialect, within our understanding, but he wants us to understand his voice. 
And, you know, as we practice being in the presence and, you know, we step out because most of the time when the Spirit's speaking, your brain is saying, that's not God. Uh, and, you know, this, again, is dealing with boldness, isn't it? It's yeah. dealing with, do I identify that this is the Spirit of God speaking to me? And sometimes it can be pretty whacked out. Right, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. crazy. And, you know, I've got little thousands of encounters where, uh, you know, one, you know, I'm on an airplane, um, you know, with uh, the the security advisor for the Middle East, and we're flying in business class from Washington, D.C. to London. And the Holy Spirit says to me, tell him I forgive him for killing the teenager whilst he was driving his yellow sports car. Yeah. And, it, you know, moments like that, you're like, huh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, what about the time when he says, uh, you know, tell that guy, if you don't get saved right now, you could drop that anytime. You're like, hmm, well, that's just, mm, that's a bit heavy. That sounds a bit like manipulation. And, and you can start warring with those things. And then you find out later, you don't know. You don't know the answer. And this guy gets radically saved, Chris. You know, he puts his hands out, gets radically saved. And, you know, three months later, he comes back to my office, you know. And he says, you know, you have no idea what happened that day in your office. Before I came to your office, I was in the doctor's, um, you know, with my doctor. My doctor said, you must never climb up a ladder again. Your heart is so weak, you could drop dead at any time, wow. any moment. Then I walk in your office. If you don't receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior right now, you could drop dead any moment. And he throws his arms out, weeping, you know. So we don't know what's going on in people's lives. So as we start to understand and make it a priority to know the voice of the Spirit, you're able to see exploits by the Spirit. You right. Know? And, and with, that, um, with that boldness, it's almost... Uh, is it akin to like exercising a muscle where you, you, you step out when it's a bit off the wall once yeah, or twice and then yeah. before you know it's like actually no th- this is probably this is a, a word of knowledge or this is uh, coming from the spirit so I'm, I'm comfortable to you know stick my neck on the line as well, well. yeah look it's, it was an everyday thing. Uh, right from uh, childhood, it was every, when I was walking the, <coughs> the, the priority was talking to Elohim it was talking to him all the time, and mm. and I could hear him. He would communicate with me. You know, I'd be walking down the street, and he would tell me about this person. He would say, oh, that person's got a brain tumor. Well, they don't. She's not got a sign on top of their head. Hello, I've got a brain tumor. And I'd walk up, and I'd say, you know, uh, excuse me, um, have you got a brain tumor? And they'd be like, huh, how'd you know? yeah, how'd you know that? I said, oh, the Holy Spirit told me, God told me. I said, would you like me to pray for you to be healed? He wants to heal you right now. And, you know, when, when you start to step out and you see the Holy Spirit in action, it's, it just happens over and over and over and over. And it's, it's, it should be our normal way of life. Yeah. We're, we're called, every one of us, to live life in the Spirit. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I remember when God told me, give up your job. Or, or let me just explain this one. This, this point is really pretty... Uh, powerful, you know, uh, when God told me to break the commandments, right? There was, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, what's happening? Like, okay, do we cut things right now? What do we do? Yeah, he's going to break the commandment. It's the Scottish commandments. It's not the commandments right, in the Bible. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, there's two commandments in Scotland. Thou shalt not live in England, right? <laughs> you know, you heard of that commandment? No, no, no but I, I, okay. I've heard the commandment of no Englishman to come into Scotland, right. but, uh, the other way around. You yeah, know, and then the other one, thou shalt not marry an Englishwoman, oh, right? Wow. You know, I broke both of them, right? Oh, there we go, yeah. You know, so, but you 
you step out, and I remember when I was down in, in Bracknell, Berkshire, after I broke the commandment and came down to England, and the Holy Spirit <laughs> said to me, I want you to live here. And I thought, that is, that's just like insane. That cannot be God. I'm Scottish, you know? So I said to God, okay, if you want me to live here, you give me a job by 10 past nine Monday morning. I'll live here, and this is Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and then me and my big mouth round the table with, you know, my brother-in-law's family and we're sitting in Bracknell Birch and I said, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to go look for a job on Monday and my brother-in-law's brother says, huh, oh, listen, you just come with me to work at seven o'clock in the morning. I'll get you an interview wow. at the place I'm working. I'm like, oh, I, man, me and my big mouth, man, I'm <laughs> getting in trouble. What was I doing at ten past nine on Monday morning? I had I had a manager shaking my hand, <laughs> telling me I had a job. I'm like, oh man, I'm committed but now. I, I lo- what I love about that is there, there's an element where people will say, how, how can you give an ultimatum to God like that? You know, that's, isn't that a bit? And it's like, no, that's actually that sounds like relationship. That <laughs> sounds like a conversation and, and something a, a friend would do for a friend. Right, and it's also it's learning, isn't it? It's you know, look, um, you know. We don't have all the answers. We don't understand everything. And, and the Father knows. And it's getting to that place where we recognize, you know what, God, you know. Mm. Um, I'm born for such a time as this. You have created me for your will, for your purpose. And I present my body as a living sacrifice. And I used to pray that all the time. Romans 12 is just born in my spirit. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I want to experience worship on a higher level. Right. You know, you died for me. You don't just say die, you know, lie on the ground, die, you know. Yeah. But live for him. Now, you can't get offended. You know, you can't, you can't uh, offend a dead person. You know, mm-hmm. you can spit, you can kick, you can punch, and it shouldn't make any difference. It shouldn't uh, make any difference to who we are, but we are called to live for him, you know. Amen. What I, um, what I really appreciate with what you're bringing there, Kenny, is... Um, that element of particularly in prayer time where he knows all my problems he knows what i'm going to say before i'm going to say it and i'm I'm spending 15 20 minutes going through all of this and um you can often uh, i'm sure others will experience this where you do feel a bit hollow and you're thinking what well, he knows this like what 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 else can we uh what else can we um can, let's go higher basically higher. um one one per, one question i really wanted to ask you is love how important like it's so simple but how important is love and loving people in terms of evangelism and being bold and reaching those that need it like because uh to me it seems foundational we, we can do we can do evangelism out of guilt we can uh go and uh show face we can go through the motions because we feel that that's what we have to do but how key is is a genuine love for people and is that something that uh, is cultivated, or, or, or talk, talk me through that? Because that it just it seems to be a vital component. Yeah, you know, it's amazing you're saying that because when I shared about that boy sharing about how he was healed of leukemia, and I'm 11, it wasn't the testimony, but what was what was it that broke through a demon possessed like a crazy person who was involved in crime at 9 to 11, you know, had so much to repent for. Mm. The love of Elohim breaks through everything. It doesn't matter how dark. It doesn't matter how difficult. His love breaks through everything. And it was the love of God when he spoke to me, you know, you know I'm real. What was filling the presence of the room 
It was the love of God. And when we understand uh, how much he loves us, you know, I had a lot to repent of. You know, he who has forgiven much will love Love much. But let's just look at it, you know, across the line. Every one of us has been forgiven much. And every one of us needs to learn how to, to love. So if we go out and we are not walking in the compassion, you know, when, when Yeshua stepped ashore and he saw the people, he looked at them and he had compassion mm. on them because he saw they were uh, sheep without a shepherd. They didn't have uh, the direction that was taking them towards the Father. And, you know, you could see that brokenness that he was feeling. You know, when we study what took place uh, on the cross, when Yeshua gave up his life for us, and why did he hang there? You know, John 3, 16, oh, you know, everyone knows, oh, you know, I don't want to quote that, John. For God's love the world, you know, that's just so common. Don't let it be common. Mm. Understand, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. When you discover the life, you discover the love of God and never lose that. And one of the things we're doing, I'm writing a book uh, called The Search is Over and I'm a Witness. And the purpose of this book is I've realized what is the hindrance that's preventing people from being a witness and it's that they've lost connection with their salvation. Yeah, go on. Go on. Yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. Joy of so, where, where is that joy of salvation? Yeah. You yeah. Know, how do we be a witness? Where, where, where is the, the understanding of what Messiah has done for me? And, you know, you might listen to someone's testimony. It's been really bad. They've been in jail. They've been involved in crime and all crazy stuff. And you're like, well, you know, I don't have that kind of testimony. Your testimony counts. Mm. Because Yeshua, he has transformed your life. You are not the same. You're a new creation. You are born again of the Spirit. Never underestimate who Yeshua is within your life. He loves you. See that love. See what he paid for you. You receive that. You understand that every one of us has fallen short. We receive that love. We receive that joy. And in reconnecting with our testimony, it says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. We need these two components to come together. So what's the testimony? The testimony is not about how bad you are. Mm-hmm. The testimony of how is how amazing is God's love within my life. So we see so much of people standing up talking about all the bad stuff. But what we need is we need more people standing up talking about, I came to Messiah, and this is what he said to me. I came to Yeshua, and this is what he is doing through me. It's Messiah living in me. That's the hope of glory. It's, it's understanding the resurrection power. It's understanding that uh, manifestation that's taken place within my life. It's more powerful. I don't need to stand up and share my testimony about how bad I was. I just need to stand up and share the living reality of a mighty God who is manifesting within my life. Hallelujah. And that's the key, you know, to his love, you know. That's uh that's incredible, uh perfect, and um I, I've often um yeah it it I, I've often been conflicted and 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 uh I feel the shame of not walking in that joy of salvation. Where is the, you know, it's often referred to as the first love. You know, wh- where have I fallen? How have I fallen away from my first love when I, I I was bold, I was zealous, I was I had that giddy feeling, and yeah. uh, there, there was no fear of man. It was just, um, it was just the, uh, the fire of the Holy Spirit just leading me in, in all things. And somehow we can get um, 
uh, lost, we can get caught up in the world again, we can get uh, concerned uh, by worldly things. Um, so uh, it's it's vitally important that we come back to these fundamentals of the faith and, right. and uh, as you say, press in. And um, for me, it's it's invaluable to, to have these conversations so that we have an honest dialogue where, where within the body we've got a, a multitude of people who are ready to serve but maybe finding that they have that disconnect, they have that... Um, that lack of love and um, it's how we, uh, we rekindle that and, and, and uh, walk in the calling that, that God has in store for us. And what, what you're saying there, I just want to bring up one point. You know, we talked about discipleship, the different ways. We've got the ways of man's discipleship. Right. And we have the ways of what Yeshua talks about. And, you know, John chapter four, you know, I'm going to give you the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And what's he going to do? He, he will remind you of everything I've said. He will show you what is to come. Who is the Holy Spirit to me? He's my teacher. He's my counselor. Mm. Um, and, and what we have to do, if, if we want to rekindle the fire of what it truly means to be saved, a new creation. Listen, you can't walk in the Spirit without being born again of the Spirit. Amen, amen. So as we... Uh, involve the Holy Spirit in everything that we're doing, driving down the road. Are we listening to him? I pray in, in tongues all the time. And, you know, some people are like, oh, man, brother, you just don't understand. Man, tongues should be a language. It should be German. It should be French. It should be this. It should be that. Let me tell you something. I was not in theological Bible college when I got filled with the Holy Spirit mm. speaking in tongues. And when I'm speaking in tongues, the edification that's coming forth, the revelation that's coming forth. You know, you know, I see interpretation of tongues. I see all these things manifest. But, you know, some of the greatest uh, breakthroughs I have in my life is because I'm praying in the Spirit. And Paul says, I pray in the Spirit more than all of you. Mm. And when, I'm, when he's doing that, what's he talking about? He is in that place where, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. I used to love that Ron Canoli song. You know, it sounds so great. But then why didn't he talk about the important part of that verse? But in Messiah... We have the mind of Christ. Mm. So we don't have to go, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love. And then they go over, 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 over. But we should be going over, I have the mind of Christ. Mm. I have the mind of Christ dwelling within me. So I don't want to know what my thoughts are with this. And, you know, I got that job 10 past 9 Monday morning, right? Uh, in, in, in the breaking of the commandments, the Scottish commandments. <laughs> moving to Bracknell, Berkshire. But then when I got that job, I, I walked into that place to start that job. And I said, God, this is way out of my realm. You know, it, it was ultra heat treatment. And I said, I rely on you. I put my head in a 10,000-gallon tank, right? They opened the door empty, right? You know, oh, you know, I felt a little bit like Taj. No, man, I'm in trouble. What's going on? I put my head, I'm like, God, <laughs> Get me out of here. And then this comes out of my mouth, right? Or teach me. I didn't want to say or teach me. I was happy with saying, just get me out of here. Yeah. This is out of my realm. And I want to say this to those who are watching, those who are listening. You know, when we start to operate in the Holy Spirit, you're moving out of your realm. Right. So how do we function out of the realm of the flesh? And you, you can be challenged because you, you feel this resistance, but we've got to learn. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, when I said the wrong words out of my mouth, you know, 
Lord, get me out of here. That was all I wanted to say. Or teach me. I'm like, where did I come from? Mm. And I, I was like offended at my words coming out of my mouth. I didn't want to have that or teach me because instantly I heard the Spirit say, yeah, I'm going to teach you. Mm. And, you know, he taught me a trade by the voice of the Spirit. I made thousands of mistakes. And I'm in ultra heat treatment of cream and all of this process. And you have sterile tanks, you have raw cream tanks. Uh, you know, you're bringing product up from tankers, and it's like the size of a ball stadium. It's a huge facility. Lots of tankers, lots of stuff happening. Pumps going everywhere. You have to clean with acid water, hot acid water tanks, and preparation for new stuff going in. All of this. I made thousands of mistakes. Mm. So the Holy Spirit would say, oh, you're about to send acid water into a whole tank of cream. And he would show me in the spirit the cog that I hadn't turned. And I would run like crazy. I'd get to that cog. I would turn it to the position it was meant to be in for the flow and all these, uh, you know, pipe systems. And then, then the water would go to the right. And I'm like, man, that's just, that's insane. I, I, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, you know, listening to the voice of the Spirit. Then I realized, you know what, Father, if you can teach me a trade by your voice, you can teach me how to read. Because when everyone else was learning to read, I was running my own businesses, I was in the music industry, you know. And this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do within our lives. He wants us to move out of that realm. Sometimes... Uh, maybe someone's listening or watching right now, and I just hear by the Spirit. You're in that place where you're saying, God, get me out of here. And I just want to speak directly to you right now. You know, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. He's speaking to you right now. He's going to give you wisdom. It's a free gift. And as you receive that gift of wisdom, yeah, it might not be comfortable. You might have to do a lot of running around because of your mistakes. But... God will cover those mistakes. He'll cover them. He'll help you make the right decisions, correct things that are wrong, and bring you to a place of maturity in the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Kenny. Um, I we I, I feel like I, I could easily stay on this uh, on this um, uh, vein of thought. Um, but what would be good uh, if we could maybe dive into your current um, situation, uh, what the Father's been leading you over the, 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 the more recent months, uh, what he's been speaking to you recently, and, and uh, yeah, your current endeavors, endeavors and, and what, what, uh, what he has in, in store for you over the coming months and, and, and years. Um, yeah, bring us up to speed. If there's yeah. anything that you feel that you could share with the rest of the body, any words of encouragement, um, yeah, if you could share that, that would be excellent. Be great. Yeah, well, look, my heart is how are we pouring into people, helping them move into another realm and how they walk with Elohim. Our desire in our ministry, effectively, we're a mission agency and we want to be an organization that's sending people. We want to be an organization that's teaching people the basics of how to be effective in outreach and missions. So, you know... Some, you know, the father told me many years ago, he said, you know, I will give you a training center and I want you to train and equip. And we do lots of training and things around. And, you know, we've had times where our centers have been closed and things have been happening just with the economy and things that's going on. But when I, I was in Texas and I wrote this letter of hope just before COVID, I didn't know COVID was going to happen. And mm-hmm. this was just um, a couple of months before all the shutdowns. In fact, 
I got on one of the last flights back out to Israel, you know, walking through New York airport with nobody there. Man, it was like, wow. what, did a nuclear bomb just go off? Or, There's nobody here. Wow. Uh, it was it was incredible. It reminded me of 9-11 days getting yeah, on planes. Serious. And I, and I, from what I recall, I think Israel was one of the first places to actually start quarantine and, and locking everything right. down. Yeah, um, but just yeah. those flights getting out of America and stuff, I got on one of those flights. And, you know, I wrote this letter of hope because uh, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to write this letter. I wrote this letter of hope in a few minutes and went through it. I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then I went to Texas and, uh, you know, uh, uh, from Texas to uh, Beverly Hills and uh, California. And I started to share this letter of hope. I printed them out. And, you know, walking up the people with Rolls Royces and in the posh coffee shops and stuff and the, the posh places of Beverly Hills, I started to watch people weeping, mm. reading the letter. I saw how the Holy Spirit was impacting them. I'd be down on the beach. You know, California is just full of the homeless. It's like like a... a it's ins- you've never seen anything like it to what it's like today to what it was like you know even 20 years ago and I'd give the same letter to people on the streets to the broken I watched them do the same weeping and crying it didn't matter if they were homeless or if they were wealthy I saw the Holy Spirit move in the same way and then after traveling the country you know I had to fly I had to get back out of the country and then we're in this lockdown and when when I came back to America uh, I went to America I went to America because we had we had no money, but I didn't go to preach. I took the last. I understand the importance of sowing. You know, if you don't have anything, the father always says, "What do you have?" You know, what was the the widow with the little oil? What do you yeah. have? You know, you just gather all the jars. I'm just going to fill it up, mm. and I'm like, you know what? We don't have enough money to get to the end of the month. So, what do you need me to do, Father? I'll take all that money out of the bank. I'll sow it. Where do you need me to sow it? He said, "Buy a ticket for America." But when you go to America, don't go and preach. Don't go and do television and radio. I want you to go to the broken. And I just had the letter of hope. And I bought a ticket and I had $50 left over. I had no credit card. I had no access to, I had no vehicle, no nothing. And I flew into America. And, you know, anyway, long shot, you know, we we talk about it on our website and different broadcasts. And it's not the point I want to make right now. But I went across America with no money, with nothing. God said, I'll give you a pickup truck, a 12-foot trailer. And, you know, I did 16,000 miles and ministered to thousands of people, saw so many lives transformed. And I wasn't trying to do anything other than be there for the broken. And, you know, I had gazebos because I used to do, you know, Livingstone Tour Outreach, and I had some gazebos in a, a, a lockup. And I got them out, and I just put them up. And I, I went and bought some whiteboards and just put some scriptures on them. I didn't have a lot of money, you know. People would just walk up and and say, "I just want to bless you," uh, you know. Some people walked up and gave me checks for three thousand dollars, and all mm. it was crazy. An atheist walked up, gave me twelve hundred dollars <laughs> after being in the country less than twenty four hours. And as we went around, I would be in the parks, and people would walk up and say, "Hey, pastor of the park, will you pray for me?" Mm. And I started to realize what the Holy Spirit was saying. He said, "I want you." to establish pastor of the park prayer tents where instead of standing there preaching at people and doing all that it's something i've never really done uh, even though i can preach i know how to communicate mm. but i want to be able to relate to the broken and we just set up prayer tents and prayer walk um, parks and streets and towns and ask the holy spirit to pour out so that's what we did and you know after i came back from that we started ordaining people as pastors as evangelists apostolic people as well 
recognizing the gifts and the calling in people's lives. And as we started to do that, we saw the fire of the Spirit just amplify those gifts within those people in a powerful way. And many people within traditional churches and stuff, the reason why they're not being ordained, they're not being recognized is because, you know, they're thinking, well, you're in my uh, kingdom. Right, yeah. If I give you all of that and tell you, you know, you're an evangelist and you're just going to get up and leave and go do evangelism. Yeah, when I yeah. want you building my house, you know, stay at home, have a nice family, have a nice job, pay your tithe and all that type of stuff. So what we're doing is we went across the states doing that, and I started to realize this is what the Father wants us to do. So I came to Britain, and, you know, this tour we're on here is called Fruitful Vine. Right. And our focus is to uh, take the prayer tents out, go to locations. I went to places of my roots in Scotland, some pretty tough places, right? And I just watched the Holy Spirit melt some of these tough nuts and, you know, had the privilege of baptizing people in the sea and, uh, you know, just amazing to witness what the Holy Spirit's doing. And what I realized, even in, in here, this this town here, I realized that the fields are ripe on the harvest. Yeah. And I'm not here just to do my thing. I'm here to say to the local community, come on, let's get out of our homes. Let's get out of our, if it's home fellowship, but let's get out of our buildings and be on the streets. And, you know, if we're if we're doing immersions, if we're, if we're praying for people, listen, when those atheists see you praying for people, I saw atheists being turned around in their, you know, all of a sudden they've got a problem in their life and they walk up and they're like, I can't believe I'm standing here. I was a guy screaming at you two weeks ago. Oh, mm. I'm an atheist, you know, mm. what are you doing here? And now they're, they're walking up saying, will you pray for me? And the reason why I'm here is I've seen too much of people coming into your gazebo, your prayer tent. Mm. And they're like, now, maybe this is a hope that I need to attach myself to. And I saw lots of people's lives being changed. So our desire is to, uh, you know, have Pastor of the Park just explode across the UK and other countries as well. We have a whole system. We can send you a whole kit um, that we send out. You know, we get all our printing and stuff done from India, and we just ship it to wherever people are. Uh, and that all just happened, you know, because I'm in Scotland thinking, how do I do this? Mm. <laughs> you know, what's the best way to do this? And the father just gave me keys. So our desire as a mission agency is to teach people, you know, take a letter of hope and use my letter of hope. It's effective. But you know what? Pray and ask the Holy Spirit. What's the letter coming from your heart? Mm. You don't. You know, this is not about, I'm not trying to build a kingdom. It's his kingdom. If you've got a letter, if you've got a cry that's coming from your heart for the broken, use that. You don't have to use our letter. But if our letter's working in a blessing to your community, hallelujah, download it, use it, print it, whatever the Father's got for you. So that's our desire is to go out on the streets Beautiful. and minister and just what we've seen in, in these past uh, four or five days here. And uh, wh- where are we? What's the name of this community? Uh, <laughs> sunny uh, sunny Bar- Birkenhead. So Birkenhead, we're on yeah. the Wirral, which is on Merseyside, <laughs> which, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not the most glamorous of places. But, um, yeah, like you say, it's, it's a, a place where, um, like many places in the UK and in the world, where people need that hope, they right. need that message, and uh, they need that love, essentially. And um, what lives are being changed. Yeah, You know, when we see what the Holy Spirit is doing here, you know, just to have that guy Paul walk up today and, you know, with his beer, you know, and stuff and, and sitting there and he recognizes, I can't get out of my problems on my own. Mm. You know, 
and this is someone who is, you know, he doesn't know the Bible, but he knows the he only way I'm going to get out of this, I need a savior. Yeah. Um, what I will say, Kenny, is that um, it's uh, it, it's uh, what's that? Uh, the the prophet where he says it, it's uh, sweet to taste, but it's bitter in the stomach. And I have that with you. Where I, I feel uh, incredibly enamored by your personality and 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 your presence, but at the same time, I feel incredibly convicted by what you're bringing to uh, the town and and to our fellowship. Um, it's uh, made me think more, and it's uh, stirring my heart to to weigh up. Uh, my relationship with you is is there's uh, uh, a lot to consider in terms of uh, how I and others can walk in that boldness, how I can set that example. Um, and so, from my point of view, I just want to thank you for uh, the work that you're doing. And I, I know you're going to say all, all glory to God, of course. But um, it's it's vital that we have a reference point that we see this in action, and that we can take that. Uh, in our relationships with God and to um, yeah to, to continue the good work um, with that being said um, is there any is there, is there a website is there any way people can reach out to you any contact details um, is there any reference point where people can get in contact if they want to um, uh, link up or have any ideas um, yeah uh, feel free to share any of your details sure. Yeah, go to bulldozerfaith.com. We have an issue with the search engines right now because we've, we've built our site on members.bulldozerfaith.com. So if you put Bulldozer Faith in the search engine, you might go to the old site. So make sure you're on the new site. I think I did that myself. Did you actually. do that? I was like, like, what's going on? This looks bad. <laughs> I thought I, this guy was in uh, TV <laughs> or my... I need to get it uh, fixed. I just, we've been so busy. Um, we haven't, uh, I, I need to get it sorted. But, you know, if you're if you're listening to this right now, just make sure you're on the new site and go under uh, the mission agency. And, you know, we're on YouTube, bulldozerfaith.com and YouTube. Podcasts, we're on Spotify. We're on everything. You know, if we're not on your podcast, tell us and we'll make sure our RSS feeds are sent to that channel. So we're on hundreds of podcast platforms as well. Perfect. Um, all I can say is thank you so much for blessing us with your uh, with your company today, Kenny. It's been, um, it's been a real eye-opener and... Um, I pray and I hope that uh, this reaches you well. Um, lots to lots of food for thought, lots to consider. Um, feel free to reach out to the Almond House or, or to Kenny directly if you have any further questions or, or anything else that you'd like us to elaborate on the future. Um, from our house to your house, it's uh, it's been the upper room. Uh, shalom, love and blessings to you all. Kenny, if you'd be so kind to uh, lead us out in some prayer, that would be much appreciated. Brother. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah, Father, we thank you. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by the Ruach HaKodesh. It's by your Spirit. And we just invite you right now, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes and open our ears and Put our hearts on track, man, the, the, the track that you have called us to be, that our heart will be after you. And we pray right now that you just align us by your spirit because we can't do it in the flesh. We need you. And, and, and Father, we call out to you. Reveal yourself to us in a greater measure. We call out to you. Here we are. Will you send us? Will you use us? Will you, will you uh, manifest your greatness through us for the purpose of the broken? Will, will you put within our hearts a heart that is broken for the lost? May we experience the compassion that Yeshua had when he saw 
the people who were like sheep without a shepherd. Father, we want to care. We want to care for those who are broken because you've given us the answer. And we don't just want to hold it and celebrate it to ourselves, but we want to take the blessing that you've given us and pour it into the lives of others. So thank you for this time. Thank you, Father, for 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 just pouring out uh, your love upon our lives, upon our hearts, and activate us for your kingdom for such a time as this. In Yeshua's mighty name, hallelujah. Amen. 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 Amen.